I've benefited from my closeness to whiteness. My career has done well in some ways because I've been close to white people since my early 20s. Welcome to The Offshoot. I'm the host, Lee Sean Nelson. And today we are gonna be talking about closeness to whiteness and how a lot of black Americans, successful black Americans, like those who are heading to the Supreme Court, those who are already in Supreme Court, those who are around the White House, and how they got there partly due to their closeness to whiteness. So to help me talk about this topic today on The Offshoot, I'm bringing back a man that everyone on the YouTube channel uh, has given a lot of praise to, and that is Reverend Hagler. Reverend Hagler, welcome to The Offshoot again. How are you doing today? It's very good to have, be here again. Thank you, Brother Nelson, for allowing me to be here. No, thank you. Thank you. And again, as always, I love getting insight from you. And so let's dive into this. Um, are Black Americans getting to where they are in terms of the White House, the Supreme Court, the top of court America, due to their closeness to whiteness? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, very often that has been the case, and that's been a part of, if you look at it historically, uh, the whole idea around integration was to be able to access the same arenas in which white folks had. Right, mm -hmm. in order to be able to be beneficiaries of those institutions of that infrastructure that existed, uh, that was was all white, uh, to break into that and therefore to have access, which brings you in the close proximity to all of those things that are white, uh, the institutions, the educational system, the narrative, the mm -hmm. people. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, the people that uh, people look to in, in hopes of being, quote unquote, elevated uh, to careers and to uh, uh, to uh, stations in life. And so that's always been a real issue and a real struggle. Um, you know, one of the things that we we deal with in the U.S., and I think uh, I could say this uh, as a light person. Right. Is that we understand that there was a narrative that if you if you were light, you were all right. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like if you were dark, get back. If you were black, get back. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. that that and that was in the black community. Yes. But also, it was reinforced by the white community, uh, because yep. the white community had a tendency to see those who were lighter as less threatening, uh, as, as some, their likeness. Came right close to their likeness. Right. They could relate to them. They were afraid of those folks who were darker uh, and uh, and had all kinds of other phobias around folks who were, were darker, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, down in the places where, like you're from, uh, uh, you know, South Carolina, you could find on people's birth certificate, white folks put mulatto uh, yes. or, you know, and folks would talk about the octoroons mm -hmm. uh, and all, all of that, right? The sort of, to, to really divide it up into this fraction of, of, of how much we can relate to you, right? Uh, uh, you got one half, I can relate, relate to you better uh, than the one who got one quarter or the one that got one eighth, right? So it was based upon whiteness that your worth in a sense was defined. Uh, and, and, and honestly, you know, we, 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 we tried to get rid of that when we began to elevate the term black, you know, I'm black and I'm proud, you know, yeah. because when I was growing up <clears throat> and I'm a little, probably a little bit older than you, you know, the whole culture was you want to get in a fight, you call somebody black uh, or their mama black and you yeah. had a big fight on your hand, right? Mm -hmm. Even if she was black, 
Right. I mean, that was the irony of it because that was the biggest insult. So we took what folks considered the insult and we turned it into the positive, also to collapse, to try to collapse yeah. that caste system that existed within the black community, right? Uh, instead of being, being light, we were all black. Didn't care how light you were, you were black. Didn't care how dark you were, you were black, right? And, yeah. and, and it took great effort to get through that and to begin to deal with that. And the thing is, is that when you look at it, we really realized that also blackness in for us started to be a political term, uh, not just a racial term, but a political yeah. term, right? Uh, is that it informed you of a particular perspective. It informed you of a particular history. It informed you of, of, of a particular understanding of who you were in the historical process. You know, I, I'm one that can never use African American because again, that tries to normalize us with white folks. Uh, yes. And you know, it pretends that we somehow arrived at Ellis Island and we came in as immigrants willingly. No, that did not happen. Yeah. As, as you know, you know the place. My folks on my mother's side came in on, from an island, but it was on Sullivan's Island off the coast of South Carolina, which was the biggest auction block down in South Carolina selling slaves. Yes. Uh, I, so so, the, so my, my history is very different. My history didn't get a passport stamped. Uh, my history was well, it comes out of being bought and sold as chattel. And so again, you know, blackness becomes something that we got to again, tried to figure out how to affirm because as people danced away from it and became African-American, they moved closer back to whiteness. Well, and that and that history, of course, like it's been played out today again, is when you look at, say, the Supreme Court, you have Clarence Thomas, who's married to a white woman. You have Ketanji Brown Jackson, who will be on the Supreme Court. Her husband is white. Uh, we have people uh, in the Senate who are um uh have a closeness to whiteness due to their, their parent of course we had a a black president who uh had a white parent so i i hear what you're telling me in terms of the history um but where we are today due to that history it leaves a lot of black people out right they, they can't get there because a lot of black people can't get close to whiteness like that and I mean, it's true. I mean, but what I'm getting at, we've lost our compass by trying to mainstream ourselves, right? Uh, you know, the, and, and partly mainstreaming yourself says that, oh, I'm just a, uh, another ethnic group, just like every other ethnic group. So please accept me in this pantheon of, of ethnic groups that come out of Europe and other places, right? Uh, but yeah. not predominantly out of Europe. So that's what you're really sort of attesting to, rather than the, 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 the fear that comes when somebody utters that they're Black uh, in a white world, right? It, it means something to white folks. They're afraid of it. Uh, it's a term that they're uncomfortable with, and they have always been uncomfortable because of the history that has been engaged in it. But yes, we look at this, I mean, it's like, um, when you talk about uh, Barack Obama, mm -hmm. I, I, I wrote a paper when, when this all happened and blew up. And I said that when, when, when Barack Obama finally denounced Reverend Jeremiah Wright, he was making a statement to America, right? Yes. That yes, he was a black man, but he was not going to be a black president. Yes. And of course, okay. now in some ways, he's trying to say that he 
is a black man, a former president of the United States who represents black America? Well, he represented the black status quo, the black intelligence that class issue again. He didn't, he didn't really represent the rank and file because when you look at what happened, what did he do for the black community, right? I mean, that was the issue, right? I mean, you know, the fact is, is that uh, so much striving to be the president for all of America, he was the president for no parts of America. If you, if you follow what I'm saying, I certainly white do. community, white community, really trashed him and denounced him. And basically those in the black community, even though they supported him out of that whole uh, understanding out of that pride of somebody with a dark skin, finally getting to the white house. But the reality yeah. is there was nothing done that ameliorated the conditions and the positions of black people across this country. But, and do you think that's because of him protecting his closeness to whiteness? Well, you know, there's a part of when you talk about it's interesting because you keep using this closeness to whiteness. And I think that what 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 I'm trying to get at is this closeness to whiteness is that we buy into the historical narrative of whiteness. Okay, I get you. You know, I mean, it's like it's like the, the, the books, for example, uh, that uh, Obama read and talked about reading. Mm -hmm. having read right yeah. that was a white narrative all those books were generally white narratives yeah uh you know aren't there some black narratives yes they are and there's some alternative history yes it is right yes. uh there's some ways in which um, um uh, different ways and to look at the world different eyes we place on it so what i'm getting at is that closeness becomes not only and it's not necessarily even being married to someone who's white it's the cultural is buying into the narrative yeah. that is white. And to say, well- The idea, the whole persona and, and, and all that's what you're saying? That, that's right. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a story. Kid in my church and we got an argument and it came down time for him to go to college. And he said, well, I got into Howard, but you know, Howard it comes with a stigma. And I said, what stigma is that? He says, it's black. I think I'm going to Virginia Tech because you get a better education there at Virginia Tech than you do at Howard. <laughs> that was his thinking. That was his belief. His belief. Whiteness, close to whiteness. Buying into that narrative that said that this was the only thing that was legitimate over here was Virginia Tech. Hmm. And that you couldn't get any legitimacy out of a black setting. And, you know, and, and again, we fall, fall into that all the time. It's like when we, you know, the joke that we always say, you know, that, that we, we set up two businesses in the black community. One's a white store, one's a black store. Black folks walk past the black yeah. store, swearing that the ice in the white man's store is colder than the ice in the black man's store. Well, I do have to admit and be honest with you, you know, in my early 20s, I was naive in that way myself, you know, when I started out uh, in undergrad at the University of South Carolina in Columbia, I started out as a J school student journalism and I was switched over to management later on. And in all of that, you know, especially when I was writing for the school newspaper, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think I was the only black student on the school newspaper, but that was a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure that I was. And so 
Yes, uh, I falsely had this idea of what you're saying that, oh, well, it's better to write for the white school newspaper versus say the black school newspaper. Uh, and also at the University of South Carolina, when I was there, uh, we had many places to eat on campus, but you always knew where the black students ate, which was like, like a fast food place. You always knew where the religious students would eat. You always knew where the fraternities and frat, uh, sorority girls would eat. Uh, you also knew where the upper class students would eat. And so it was segregated uh, and it was accepted by everyone on campus. But for me being you know, 18 to 22 years old uh, and wanting to be a successful journalist then slash business consultant, uh, I bought into that white narrative as well. Now, fortunately, and thank God, I certainly did my own homework and learned my, more about my own culture, dive into my own family history, and the light bulb went off, if you will. So, but not everyone, not all Black people have that wherewithal, uh, like this young man you mentioned, uh, to, at least not yet, anyhow, to start looking into why am I buying more into this white narrative versus believing or supporting something that comes out of my own culture. Right. And you know, I mean, it's, it, and it's part of sort of having history and narrative pounded into your head over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just like, um, you know, the struggle to even think of ourselves as African. Yes. <laughs> just think of that, right? Yeah, I understand I mean, what you're saying, yes. Right? I mean, it's obvious that's who we are. Mm -hmm. So, so what's the big problem of sort of having that? I ain't no African nothing. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, that's what that's what that's that's our reaction, right? Yeah. And uh, um, uh, rather than sort of understanding that that kind of history, because one of the things is the narratives we buy into are the narratives that define us. Why do you think we buy into it? So, if if it's not so much been close to whiteness, but is it because of the dominance of white power when it comes to say like television and the media, um, when it comes to, well, back in the day, music, et cetera. So it, it, is, is that what it is? Is it, is it systemic? Well, it, it, it is in some ways systemic. I mean, one of the things that I've, uh, I've always said that, uh, that this idea of whiteness or white supremacy is an idol. Right, an idol really has no no real uh, substance of its own. Okay, it, right. It is presented as having substance, mm -hmm. uh, and that substance is reinforced through the institutions that are designed around it to prop it up, and also by brute force, also by economic security or insecurity. Right. And a lot of people get ruled by economic security or insecurity. Like somebody was arguing me in a store just before the election that I'm a black guy. I'm voting. I'm voting for Trump. Why the hell are you voting for Trump? He said, well, because because he, he because he saved the economy. <laughs> Which right? is such a false narrative. Right. Right. But it, but it's sort of like those types of things. Right. That 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 was who he was. And so I could actually just excuse 
this racism and this white supremacy, because after all, you know, he saved the economy, which was a part of the big myth. Again, that's sort of like getting close to whiteness because I only can make money there. Getting close to whiteness because I only have financial security there, right? That I only can be successful mm -hmm. if I get close to whiteness or at least, or at, least at the very least, mm -hmm. lift up the white narrative and proclaim it as if it's the national anthem. Yeah, and that's what they're all doing. And I'm not saying that one shouldn't seek to be the most successful they can be by picking up some aspect of that narrative. Because I mean, I get it, you know, the but on the flip side, it comes at the expense of a lot of people, particularly people of color. And that's where I have an issue. So how do we change that narrative? How do we get black people, other folks of color to realize that we need to start buying into the American white narrative and start looking at things as they truly are. And, and I, think that, yeah. I think that's part of breaking free, breaking free to realize that, to be very honest, you know, when we had each other, mm -hmm. we were actually stronger. Yes. When we had each other, right? I mean, that's, you know, 101 years ago yesterday when that massacre happened in, in, in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. uh, on the, uh, was was June first in Tulsa. 101 years ago was the was the burning and bombing of Tulsa, Oklahoma, because of the yeah, wealth Greenwood, of a black yeah. community mm -hmm. and the autonomy of a black community. Uh, but it was not only there; it was all across the country. So part of it is to realize that there is wealth in the community. There is the ability to be successful within the community. Yes. There, you know, it, it, it exists. That's why white folks and companies that are white are trying to break in to the black community all the time, trying to market themselves towards the black community because they know that there's wealth in the yeah. black community. The issue is, it, the issue is we have, some, have to have some clarity of how to use ourselves and how to use our wealth to benefit yeah. ourselves. And, but do, Black people realize that there is wealth within our community. I mean, I know that some of us do. I know that there is a lot of wealth within our community. I mean, we don't spend our dollars in our own community. Most times we spend it somewhere else. So I know that the wealth is there as a collective. Uh, but so how do we change that? How do we get Black folks to realize that as a people, though we, we make up only 12.4% of the U.S. population, that we have a lot of wealth as a collective and therefore we should use that wealth to like you said to change the narrative and 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 gain the protections and the power that we need to do for ourselves well you know part of that is is educating people and re-educating people you know to, to get us to education takes this form that consumerism is not wealth building Yes. Right. Consumerism yeah. is exactly what it sounds like, that yeah. you are a it customer is. buying somebody else's wares. You've, you didn't produce it, right? And you didn't own it. Yes. You simply bought it, right? Something that falls apart, right? Yeah. So, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt, but would you say, though, that it was, like you said, the burning of Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma, the burning of Wilmington, North Carolina, the, the burning of Chicago, or rest from 1919, where you say uh, the burning of the black economy, uh, basically for about, you know, uh, I'm going to say probably about 50 years, the literal and, and metaphysical burning of 
the black economy uh, is what turned us into consumers versus producers. That was that was that was one one stage, right? That was a stage of putting us back in our place because we had gotten a little too uppity from the white perspective, right? You were owning businesses, you were building houses, you had enclaves in towns, you even had towns. You were kind of you gotten out of place. Yeah. Right? So they had to put you back into your place, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and in that still, you know, we we found ways in which to continue uh, to 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 thrive. Now and and then one of the things that began to happen is is to push us basically off of uh, the lands mm -hmm. uh, into into factories, into steel mm -hmm. mills, into auto plants, right? Uh, and then, you know, uh, I heard a preacher use this word, so I'm going to use it. And then we became intoxicated with the thingification of life. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, that, and that's, where, that's where we felt good because all of a sudden on these paychecks that we were getting, we were able to afford things. Yeah. And, and, and to afford things did not mean that you had money in the bank. To afford things did not necessarily mean you had uh, a generational wealth. It didn't mean any of those things. Yes, and, I, and, I, and I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like I'm seeing similar things take place in other communities of color. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that you know that's that's part of when when you get back to sort of like the idea of what is self determination. Mm -hmm. You know, self self determination is understanding that uh, that there is a there is a power. I would put it that way: a power in you being yourself. Mm, yes, actualizing yourself, and you, understanding you, you your gotta, own history. Yeah, repeat that again because that was too good. You got to repeat that again. <laughs> I don't know if I can repeat it again. You know, you know, I think there's a certain power in in learning how to be yourself, learning to yeah. be yourself, to appreciate yourself, yeah. to uh, to understand that all of your creativity can be applied for the benefit of yourself and the benefit of your community. Mm, yes, all of your talents and all your skills, right? If we start from that place, then we then we realize that if we have to go into the white world, we're not selling goods to the white world, yeah, because we're coming with purpose and worth. So there's some ways you got to negotiate with us a little bit differently when we have a sense of purpose and a and a, and a sense of a of a, a understanding of our own history. You know that means that somebody can't come and say, "Well, I'm gonna offer you a job." Yeah. I'm not not I'm not necessarily interested in the job. I'm interested in something that's gonna benefit uh, my community, benefit me, benefit you as well. But but we but we need to come to some terms here, some terms that are beneficial. I'm not. I'm not some glorified indentured servant working for you, making you millions of dollars. Yes. Why well, sit here and can't even afford to pay a mortgage? But folks, there you have it. I mean, you heard it from the man himself, and I could not have said anything any better. I think that if you didn't hear what Reverend Hagler had to say, uh, please stop this video, rewind it, start from the beginning, and listen to it again. <laughs> uh, Reverend Hagler. Again, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's so good to be with you again. Look forward to seeing you soon. Oh, most definitely. And so folks out there, please subscribe to this channel and please subscribe to the offshoot on YouTube. Uh, your support helps 
ensure that this podcast, this website grows. Uh, you can catch me at www.theoffshoot.org, of course, on Twitter and on Facebook, but here on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel and hit that like button. Reverend Hagler, you have a blessed day. Bless you. Take care. Bye-bye.